our podcast, of which I don't know the title Because it's been so long Literally. since we've recorded Start a podcast. And struggles, with Love and Jenny. Yes. Welcome back. We have missed doing this podcast, but it's been a bit of a busy few months. Mm-hmm. Getting everything sorted and we'll talk about all that. Um, but yeah, here we are. We're back. I, I mean, nobody listens to this beside us. And maybe our mum. Shout out to Alien Chow, our biggest fans. They're probably listening. I don't know if Chow's listened to They're our girlfriends back then. Ciao, if you're listening, send Jenny a text with the code 1632 <laughs> and she will know. I'll know. I'll forget. <laughs> I'll see. But anyway, this week we're kind of just talking about recovery from a pandemic, COVID 19, hopefully the only pandemic that we will have in our business lifetime, but we'll see. And hopefully in our personal lifetimes as well, let's be honest. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Is it being worse personal or at work? For you? What? The pandemic? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's definitely been worse work-wise. Thank, I've been very fortunate that all my family are still here. Yes. Um, most of them have been fully vaccinated at this point. Um, I mean, personally, it's, it's been re- a real struggle, I think, with not being able to do things I used to be able to do. Um, yeah. uh, but it's worked out for the best, because if I didn't have the pandemic, I wouldn't have met Ailey, my now wonderful lover. <laughs> That's fucking cringy. Sorry, Ailey. Sorry, (laughs) Mum, if you're listening. Uh, um, But no, I wouldn't have met her, and I think that's been like one of the best things to come out of it. We always talk about that. That's like the only reason that we're happy that the pandemic happened. Mm -hmm. Um, But business-wise, no, it's definitely been worse for the business because obviously, and as we've talked about in other podcasts, you know, it was very sudden that we had to stop the tours we thought it was only going to be for a few weeks a year ago and then it was for months and then we started opening them again but no one was traveling like our whole thing is reliant on the travel industry and people moving around and coming to scotland and when that's entirely stopped it's very difficult yeah and we tried to do different things but and it sort of forced us i suppose to try new things but it did also force us to have a appreciation more of an appreciation for what we were doing and what we did have with the business um, yeah, so let's talk about like our life cycle, but for me as well, business is worse, definitely. I do just want to say as well, I hope you can hear us okay, because this is a bit different to all the other podcasts that we've it done. It is. Because it's in our office. We're in an office, we're actually together. So oh my together. God. Um, I hope Cheyenne, our office manager. Shout out to Cheyenne, the best landlord we've ever had. He's probably going to be like, what are they doing? We should get, send him a link. <laughs> we'll get yeah. your girlfriend we promise yes he wants a girlfriend any single people in Glasgow but yes we're in our office which is probably one of the most exciting news that's happened to us since the last podcast Yeah. and it's our first ever office so we've been self-employed for four years now and we got some grant money and we just were sick of working from home for four years so mm-hmm. we finally decided to um, get an office jump in because in the years before covid we weren't we still weren't working from home like we were working from coffee shops and visiting different things and like we were always out the house i have never yeah. liked working yeah. from home and it's just been so difficult and so yeah. when we got this grant we were like big thing that we need is a workspace and that's why we haven't done any podcasts since because we've been crazy so busy, busy and so productive like we've got so much more done yes. in the month that we've been here than we would have if we Absolutely. hadn't so it's been really, really lovely. So let's talk about, very briefly, the pandemic and the life cycle of the business and us, and then we'll just talk about recovery. Yeah. For the rest. Okay. So I'll start. 
Okay, <laughs> off you go. So, um, obviously everything shut down in May, sorry, March last year. And we completely shut for several months, cried ourselves to sleep for three months. <laughs> Sometimes I saw them at the end of my driveway. And that, <laughs> yeah. was, and that was weird, going from seeing each other, like, in the business every mm-hmm. day, coffee mm-hmm. shops, and then we'd also hang out at weekends and yeah. we didn't see each other at all. And then family stuff happened for mm-hmm. me, so that was bad. But anyway, and then in like June or July, it was July. July, yeah. Things started to ease off again, so we opened for three months. Mm-hmm. And we had, I was actually looking at the account stuff yesterday because I had to do this thing, and I realised that we didn't have a terrible. It wasn't bad, few no. Months. It was a good few months. But we did earn double in the two months prior to. Yeah the coronavirus pandemic mm-hmm. than we did in three months open during the coronavirus mm-hmm. pandemic. Considering that January and February were the two months prior to the pandemic. Not the best, mm-hmm. but still, we took some money. But we were running special events before the pandemic happened. And the two biggest sort of restrictions for us were the fact that there's not that many people travelling. Mm-hmm. And then of the people that were travelling, we had such limited capacities on the tours mm-hmm. that, you know, we only really make money when we've got loads of people on the tour. Yeah. So when we're, money. when we're yeah. operating tours for like four people, it's like, you know, 20 quid here, 20 quid there, but it doesn't, it all adds up, but it doesn't add up to the same extent that no. it was before. Like in February, we were having 25 people on the tour, and that makes a huge yeah. difference. Really? Yeah. We were allowed 15 at one point during the summer, but that was it. But anyway, we ran through basically July, August, September, October. Um, October we ran our Dark Side Tour in Glasgow, which we're now doing in all the cities this year, so that'll be good. Mm-hmm. But then we stopped completely in December, thinking it would be a couple of months, and it wasn't. It was like five, yeah. five or six months. To cycle back though to November yeah. and uh, October, the Dark Side Tour that we'd run first time in 2019 before the pandemic, and I think we ran 12 tours and they all sold out. It was amazing. Um, and then this year, because of the limited capacities, we had to, we ran 44 dark side tours and we made less money than we did the previous year on 12. And it's just because of the capacities, you know, yeah. and it's, it's just crazy when you put it into those figures, you really see the impact yeah. that the capacities have had on our business. Um, but no, sorry, you were saying about us yeah, being closed for months. Yeah, limit us massively. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, then April 26th was the date that we were allowed to reopen. So we reopened. <laughs> we reopened on the 26th of July and then it's been going off from there. And it's mm-hmm. not really picked up until the last two weeks. So that's like the end of May, beginning of June. Mm-hmm. And we're now seeing good numbers. Mm-hmm. We're confident that the summer is going to be good. Yep, we can have up to 12 people in St Andrews and Inverness as of Friday, so that's really exciting. Mm-hmm. Yep, which is really good. So on like a more personal level, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before, but for me, I could not work basically until this year. Mm-hmm. I really struggled to focus, I, c- I couldn't see the future, mm-hmm. like my brain was fuzzy every time I did work, like I couldn't, I just couldn't focus. And then in January I was like, I can't do this for any longer, I need to make most of this time, I need to get out of this funk. Mm-hmm. And I managed to get out of the funk. Yeah. And now we're so productive. Do you want to go through our productivity? Our oh, productivity. Go. So who knows where to begin? So one of the <laughs> things. Very <laughs> well, who knows? One of the things that we were working on last year, um, it was like my little pet project whilst we was kind of shut down, was our new Charles Rennie Macintosh tour. Um, so we found out that we got funding for that in November. the winter, um, and then since January we've been launching it, training new guides, 
getting our collaboration sorted with the wonderful ladies at Macintosh at the Willow. Um, and it's a really, really exciting tour that actually launches on Saturday and it's sold out for the first weekend. So that's we're looking forward to that. Um, and we're making our first ever promo video. But anyway, what have we done since January? Um, so we have made 200 contacts. We've made 200 contacts. We've been the attending these uh, trade shows, is the best way to describe them, but they're virtual trade shows. So you go in and it's kind of like speed dating for work. Um, <laughs> and you meet people who are like tour operators, travel agents, people who bring people to Scotland, essentially. Um, yeah. We tell them about what we do, we give them a little pitch, and then they take our details. And hopefully, over the next few years, as they've got more interest in Scotland, they're going to be flooding us with bookings. That's the goal. Um, but we've met, we've done three in the last six months, and yeah. it's we've met so many people that hopefully some real good things are going to come out of that. Um, and that's nothing that we've ever done prior to this year. Mm -hmm. So in the last year, we always knew that travel trade was a thing mm -hmm. um, within the tourism industry, and this will be interesting if you're just interested in tourism in general, because the travel trade is not really something you think of as a small, just mm -hmm. small tour operator. Mm -hmm. It wasn't really until we expanded to Scotland, like wide, that we started really thinking about it. But saying that, like our first ever meeting in one of the Glasgow things that we had, some meeting that we went to, she was somebody said you should get involved in the travel chain, and we were like, we don't even know. What we, we didn't think the doing business was going to last. Yeah. We didn't think it was going to last. Mm -hmm. We couldn't see beyond six months. Never mind like three years down the line, because mm -hmm. a lot of travel trade bookings are years in advance. Mm -hmm. But it's funny now because this last year we've just like head first dived into travel trade and that's where the money is in mm -hmm. the tourism industry simply put and it's where a lot of the exciting stuff comes from as well like you get to work with people all over the world like mm -hmm. I was chatting to people in India and then China mm -hmm. and then Australia Norway, America yeah like yeah. you just chat to people and these people there's such a mix of of businesses because you basically have right from the bottom like bloggers who have turned a blog into I'm a travel advisor for Scotland, mm -hmm. basically. But then you've got these huge multinational luxury travel mm -hmm. companies that you speak to. You've, you speak to people at TripAdvisor, at Get mm -hmm. Your Guide, like these massive, massive companies. And also like well. weirdly tiny ones that are so niche in one thing. Like mm -hmm. we only take people to this, on this specific route of Scotland and that's it. For sporty students. Yeah. Like is that niche mm -hmm. some of the companies. Mm -hmm. So there's still so much more work to do in that, but we've made massive headway and it's just like streamlined a lot of our work yeah because it's some so it's more my focus me being jenny because <laughs> they didn't recognize your voice by now lived <laughs> a lot of stuff with it too but it's kind of i've taken it under my wing a little bit where like we can now send out emails about new launches of tours to hundreds of people at once mm -hmm. and knowing that they'll have an actual interest in it and just all of that um, and we've also been working a lot with hotels and trying to like build local relationships, which mm -hmm. we hadn't really done. It was the goal in March to do that. We literally had emails set up to get like hotel tours and everything mm -hmm. March last year, and then obviously everything shut down. So we're just getting around to it this year. But mm -hmm. that's al that's also massively beneficial because it's on a much smaller scale. You know, they're not going to bring in hundreds of customers a year like some of the travel people do. But it's important to have those connections. And yeah, they're the people who like individual tourists are just gonna up to and be like what do you recommend and then they recommend us yeah there's so many routes and i think it's funny because when we first started we thought well the only route to get people is like to get them in their hotel when they're here mm -hmm. or to post on the website and then on facebook and that's it i don't think we were quite aware of the scale yeah. of how that's such a small market yeah. and there is so much more to be done 
with everyone who's relying on asking other people for advice. Because I think that's not the way that we travel. We don't really travel using travel agents and mm-hmm. like going to someone and being like, I want to go here, what do you think I should do kind of thing. We both love the aspect of doing the research and finding things out for yourself. So it's been really interesting insight into how many different methods there are to travel. You know? Yeah, definitely. Um, the recent one is Airbnb experiences. Oh, yeah. That loves being done, so I'll let you know. I love Airbnb experiences. So last year, during the pandemic and when we had nothing to do, um, I was... Yes, Liv calls that a pandemic. <laughs> yeah. It makes it sound more friendly. You've written it in your notes. I know. <laughs> um, but no, we during the pandemic, um, someone from Airbnb experiences reached out to us and was like, we'd like you to launch your tours on our platform. And I was like, okay, how does that work when they're meant to be run by like individuals? And we're obviously a company. And he was like, well, we can kind of make it look like you're an individual. So there's about 15 tours on Airbnb experiences, and it looks like I run them all every day. So I'm apparently exhausted. Um, but for Sterling in particular, it's been really beneficial because we've always struggled with Sterling and sort of getting people to come on the tours and to find out about the tours. And all the bookings we've had in the last month have been through Airbnb experiences because if you go there and you zoom in on Sterling the city, the only thing to do is our tour. <laughs> um, and now that we've got some reviews, they're looking really oh good. We've had a few... Uh, bookings for other cities as well but for Sterling in particular it just I think it just the beauty of what we've experienced with Airbnb experiences is it just shows that you do need to try with all these different yeah. methods because maybe it's not going to work in selling tickets for everywhere but it will work in one specific place and therefore it was worth the sort of three hours of effort that you put in to Definitely. upload all your products and our, I think our viewpoint on that has changed because initially we were really nervous about just doing anything like that because it's all commission based so mm-hmm. they take anything from five not usually five ten to twenty five to thirty percent mm-hmm. of your ticket price um on all of them and we're always like oh no we just can't afford it it doesn't it won't make that much of a difference whereas our viewpoint now is just it's visibility mm-hmm. maybe it's mm-hmm. like the key we just if we're somewhere it doesn't matter if we don't get a book and we don't pay anything to be there so mm-hmm. you may as well just be absolutely everywhere that you yeah, can be exactly. and there are like a hundred and ninety Ish. Somebody told me this in a meeting mm-hmm. in one of the traders that there are 190 OTAs like TripAdvisor, Get Your Guide, Airbnb experiences. I was like, Christ. Yeah. Some of them, to be fair, probably don't cover Scotland. <laughs> yeah, true. You know, true. That's worldwide. But yeah. I mean, like, we're on probably ten. Nah, fifteen. I reckon we're on quite a few. So like, well, what's the harm? I know. So, yeah, exactly. We've been doing a lot of that. And um, another very exciting thing we've been doing is in October last year. So thing, a lot of things started in about October for me, um, and then they've only actually realised themselves now. But in October last year, we found out about the Government Kickstart Scheme, which is a government-funded programme to provide six-month placements for people who have been out of jobs and are on universal credit. They're aged between 18 and 24. So we've advertised for two positions, mm-hmm. for a tour research and development person, and also a social media and digital marketing person. We haven't got anyone for the latter position but for the tour research and development position we have recruited our first ever sophie. official employee who is sophie shout out to sophie if you're listening <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> um so she started on tuesday and mm-hmm. today is thursday so literally a couple of days ago and she's honestly fantastic you know i mean i can't believe Best she was she was out of work but it's been very fortunate <laughs> for us um because she's been brilliant and i hope the next six months are going to be just as good as these first few days have been to be honest it'll be nice actually 
because we like listen back to the podcast or like I definitely want to listen back to these podcasts mm-hmm. when in the future when I'm old and decrepit but it'll be nice even just reflecting on the last six months mm-hmm. with her mm-hmm. so we want to get her on so you might get to meet her yeah and chat to her um but she's gonna the amount of work that she is gonna do I don't think we even realize how beneficial yeah how much sort of value she's gonna add to yeah. our business and also how much reliable and good experience she's gonna gain mm-hmm from working with us because obviously the government funds, so it's 25 hours a week that she works and the government funds her salary and the national insurance. So it's a position that, especially now, considering we've had such limited revenue, we never would have been able to put this in place for at least another year um, if we were going to. And so it's so beneficial for us, but also it's so beneficial for her because she's got an opportunity to work in a company that would otherwise never have been able to mm-hmm. employ her. And she wants to get into heritage and history and she loves research. And so the it's tasks that we're her. giving her that we think are really boring, she's like, I've had the best day today. And we're like, this is amazing. Um, <laughs> Every time we get off the call, we're just like, how, how has this happened? How are you so good? <laughs> okay. It's just the perfect relationship on both sides. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, hopefully Sophie feels the same. Yeah. We've <laughs> never actually <laughs> met her in person. So we will be doing that next week, which is very For exciting. Drinks. Uh, for some drinks, a little tour, some time in the office. It's going to be lovely. Yes. Um, but anyway, what else have we been up to in the last few months? Um, that's the main bulk of it. That is the bulk of it, really. Just seeing the guides again has mm-hmm. been nice. So mm-hmm. since the last podcast, we've been able to see the guides travel the country, which was lovely, apart from the fact that we had to spend three days together. <laughs> no, <we're fine>. <laughs> <laughs> But it's the first time we've like travelled in inverted commas together in a while. Yeah. And we used to travel all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the guides we hadn't seen in over yet yeah. so it was amazing just to catch up with them and it's funny I think how you kind of just it was as if I'd seen them yesterday no, which was really nice and it really reinforced how wonderful our team of tour guides are because they are just such brilliant people yeah. you know and we've done a lot of hiring in the last few months actually mm-hmm. so we've got like seven new guides yeah. across the country in preparation for the summer and just to cover like all these new tours and special tours mm-hmm. and then obviously Sophie and Soon to be a new digital marketing mm-hmm. person as well, which Hopefully. is very exciting. Hopefully. I don't know. So yeah. The recovery is looking good recovery, for yeah. now. What are you worried about? What are you scared about maybe happening over the next few months? Well, I think like a few weeks ago I was a lot more scared than I am okay. this week. Like a, a few weeks ago it was quite difficult getting bookings. Bookings are slow. It's hard. Like I remember the first day that we got three bookings in one day. I was like, oh my God. I remember the first day we got one booking. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. And now we do get a few bookings a day, and that's kind of normal. We mm-hmm. kind of adapt to the normality of the bookings and stuff. But I think, like, I'm just scared that. Of everything. <laughs> I'm scared. My main fear, I think, is that when winter comes, she's going to say, right, we're back in lockdown. Mm-hmm. Instead of it just going back to normal. Mm-hmm. So, Visit Scotland. We went to an event recently in Visit Scotland. Visit Britain, sorry, I think that we're going to. Travel is not going to recover until 2025. Yeah. And when they um, say recover, they mean it won't be at the so same like, levels it was yeah. in 2019 so by 2025. But, like, the travel industry in general is hard because you have two views of, the, of what's going to happen, mm-hmm. like, the future of it. And one is, like, it's going to absolutely boom because mm-hmm. people are just, like, I need to get out. Also, work has changed. It's gone digital. So, like, there's that. Mm-hmm. Added like just movement in general is wants to people want it to happen mm-hmm. for work and pleasure, but also just the other half is like no, it won't happen. 
no, like no. this. It's not going to boom. People are still scared. Blah blah blah. So it's really hard to know what's what's yeah. going to happen. And I think this uncertainty of if we go into this lockdown again, mm-hmm. and like also you've got the vaccine issue of just like is it going to actually work? Yeah, especially if there's new variants. That's the issue, yeah. isn't it? What's um, your biggest I think. I don't know. I feel very confident about the next few months. Um, and then I think if we do end up going into another lockdown or we have reduced capacities over the winter, then that's fine because we're usually quite quiet over the winter yeah. anyway. I think it is the uncertainty that's the most annoying yes. thing, you know, and it's like, it's just the fact that tomorrow something could change and then we're back where we were a year ago yeah, or yeah. and like there's no sort of confidence Security. in any stability and the fact that nothing's you don't know you can't take anything for granted and you can't sort of predict we've kind of got a plan as if everything's going to be fine but then maybe it's not going to be but then there's no point worrying about it so it is quite stressful i think um but i mean it's just like running your own business is a constant stress anyway i know that's true but it's great it's a good stress that we don't we would rather yes. have than not have as the quote of the day on the whiteboard behind you says life's too short to work for someone else's dream unless that dream is the same as your dream in which case maybe that's fine (laughs) (laughs) and you don't want to be stressed (laughs) yeah all the time what what are your predictions do you think we'll be in another lockdown i don't think so because i think well it all depends on these variants so my mum works in the nhs and basically the thing she that i've taken the most from what she's saying is the vaccine's great the vaccine rollout is great and that we don't need to look at the number of covid cases because the number of COVID cases are naturally going to go up. The difference is, is that with the vaccine, the number of hospital admissions will go down. So yes, you can still catch COVID, but are you going to be admitted to hospital with it? Less likely because you've had the vaccine. Yeah, you can't avoid the flu. No. Like the flu. Exactly. Is a thing. It just means you you're better able to fight it off. And then the issue, the real problem, and the thing that's worrying is that if there are new variants, will the vaccines that we've got be efficient at tackling them? And if they're not, then we're going to be back to square one. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to have to adapt the vaccines and then we'll all have to get vaccinated again and it's just, you know, it's a kind of a vicious cycle but I think, I'm not too worried about it because I know now that it's never going to be as bad as it was this time last year mm-hmm. and we can come out the other side there's little things that we can do like we can still run tours the benefit of our business is that it's entirely outside, you know so yes, they may stop people from going into pubs yes, they may stop this, that and the other but if you can go outside and meet your friends, then we can run walking tours. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I want, I just want to know when we'll fully just recover and just be normal and like double our What do you predict? Revenue, as we predicted. We I think 2023. I think 2023 is going to be a good year. Will be when we look back and we're like, oh, thank God there's no, thank there's God. no restrictions at all. Everybody's, yeah. you know, doing their thing. There's no sort of wonder about stuff. Um, pray pray for us but in exciting news we cannot tell you what it is but we have some new business ideas in the works we cannot talk about them openly because what if someone steals the idea you know Um, so (laughs) but just so you know we are working on other things yeah trouble is we actually started working on it but we want to within the next couple of weeks is putting a couple of hours aside to it well we've started discussing it over pipes which is how you know that it's likely to happen <laughs> and we're both very excited by this new idea as mm-hmm. well. Because I'm sure we have mentioned in this podcast 
not that it really matters. But anyway, we had a second business that we were supposed to Oh, we to have go mentioned out. this, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that we were supposed to go out to Vietnam for. It was called Dowie. And we had enough money in it from sales that we were able to go out to Vietnam and run this business programme for our students. Mm-hmm. And that had to shut down. So it's not like it's just this business that, like, we had ruined. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was two businesses that yeah. we had ruined. And it was the dream, you know, it was like two weeks before we were meant to leave to Vietnam, I was taking all my belongings back to England, and then I had to bring half of them back up to Scotland, because it became very evident that we weren't going to go, and then we thought, oh, maybe we'll go in June, and then that didn't happen, and then, obviously, we've not made it yet, but now we've got an office, and it's been glorious sunshine over the hills of Glasgow, Glasgow, (laughs) yeah, so we're basically in Vietnam anyway. (laughs) <laughs> um, I saw actually to take a tangent little are doing bansu really? yeah but it's like bansu chicken curry and I'm like mm-hmm. I don't know if that sounds good but we got to try yeah definitely um, bansu is like a pancake thing but it's a savoury pancake yeah and it's really crispy yeah take everything you think of as pancakes and remove them and that's bansu it's just <laughs> like round that's the only difference <laughs> yeah like a crepe maybe, yeah but not sweet no um, but yeah oh, we will be in Vietnam soon we can do some business We're research for our latest, a month or two. and uh, that's what we will tell you: is that our new business will take us to Southeast Asia. Woohoo! Woohoo! Very Do exciting! Right! <laughs> right. <laughs> Shout out to Town Ian if you're listening. <laughs> our best friends. They, will not understand. <laughs> they wouldn't have got twenty-five minutes through. <laughs> no, Town Ian are our favourite Vietnamese friends. Yeah. They're awesome. the best. I and I had a message from another Vietnamese friend, Zin, who, actually we can talk about this pandemic within a Vietnam context, because Zin worked in a cafe for Tao, that's mm-hmm. how we know Zin, him, um, and uh, he opened his own cafe at the end of 2019, I think, mm-hmm. or the beginning of 2020, like right before the pandemic, and then everything was shut, I saw on his Facebook, obviously, because we've got them on Facebook. Um, but he was completely shut down and then he messaged me literally a month ago just being like this is awful like I can't do anything so many people are in terrible positions because their economy relies on them being outside like there's a huge we don't understand that entire industry of Vietnam at all but like Mm -hmm. there is a huge aspect of tourism that Mm -hmm. a lot of people rely on money for and outdoor coffee culture and eating culture because it's so cheap to eat Mm -hmm. and drink outside locals will eat out for lunch every day and get coffee every mm-hmm. day and that's just a normal part and that's just what people shop. do is they get a coffee because it's it's just that's yeah. just life exactly so so if coffee shops owners can't run can't stay open people aren't leaving their houses like there's no furlough there's no mm-hmm. there's no kickstart scheme for these people no you know so it's suffering so that's why we need to go and spend our money support the Vietnamese if you are planning a far field holiday 10 out of 10 we do recommend Vietnam um, if you go to Da Nang hit up Lavender Coffee Shop we've had an idea to run like a tour to Vietnam mm-hmm. business a Southeast sure Asia yet. travel company yeah, yeah. I, think I think it's doable we need a niche on it I know like a what sort of luxury luxury angle yeah and then we get to stay in yeah. or oh, the opposite of luxury <laughs> The real, <laughs> the real Vietnam. You can run that yeah. Like, I'll drop them off to their little huts and then go and stay at the Intercontinental. <laughs> one time, one time in Ho Chi Minh. Was that in Ho Chi Minh? Remember Sam and Sam's friend that you met? 
mm-hmm. randomly. How did I meet him? Oh, was it a taxi driver? No, it was a, the guy that ran his guest house. Oh, uh, yeah. And he took us on a he food tour. He took us on a street food tour. Because mm-hmm. he like spoke English and I think he like really well. And I think he did tours or something. Yeah. But anyway, he took us on a street food tour. And Sam was starting the job. I was starting the job mm-hmm. on Monday. We were starting the same job. And by the way, Sam's our friend that we met in Budapest when we did our English teacher, teacher training. training yeah. Thing to go out to Vietnam. Because we spent... A year in Vietnam, just to give you context. <laughs> but anyway. Do you um, want to add any more context? No, I don't. <laughs> um, this is how I tell stories. <laughs> and yeah, he was like, what was it, a cockroach? He was like, do you want to eat this rat or this cockroach yeah. or something? There were snails. Snails it was aren't snails. so bad. But some of them was, were like ming and looking snails. But I saw, definitely something. saw a cooked cat as well. Yeah. That was heartbreaking. But he was like, do you want some of this? And I was like, look. I'm starting to drop on one. Oh, that's <laughs> I'm not going to try it. I just went for like safe. I think we had Banseo. Yeah. Yeah. Did you get like Banseo restaurants? I know. Yeah, that's the thing, and that's what the Vietnamese do so well is they pick a lane and they mm. stick to it and they master it. So like, you don't have a restaurant that will serve you every type of food under the sun. You go to a place for a pho or you go to a place for a yeah. mi wang, and those are they're brilliant. That's like the best pho and the best mi wang you'll ever have, but that's all you can get. Yes. You know, sometimes there's like a little off piste. There's usually bad sales. <laughs> yeah, for restaurants or whatever. I know that's true in the Mi Wang place. Oh, yeah, Buncha. Oh yeah. No, Buncha. Oh, we should go get it from Bam Mi and D. Who was it? Sammy said to me. No, yeah, George. Mhm. Aaron's boyfriend yeah. said to me at the weekend. He was like, "Oh, there's this new Vietnamese restaurant." He's like, "Bam Mi and D." And I was like, "Go to Bam Mi and D." You have to. If you're ever in Glasgow. Go get a banh mi and tea. Best Vietnamese food I've had. The banh mi's are good. The bun chas are good. The cafe so da is good. Best so good. There's a place in the south side though. It's called like Hoi An or something, and it doesn't look nice. The, no, but the rest of the menu's not really Vietnamese, you know. Is it not? There's no bokor, so what's the point of going? Let's be honest. I've been trying to get it for years. When we were in Thailand, I tried to order boko. It's like a beef stew. And somehow I ended stew. up with a baguette. I tried to order it at another Vietnamese restaurant and they wouldn't give me bread with it. It's like a beef stew that you have with crusty bread. And I was like, can I have bread? He was like, no, we don't do bread. And I was like, he was like, no, we only do bread at lunchtime. I was like, okay. He was like, you can have rice. I was like, I want rice. But then I needed something. <laughs> and I was like, who are you? You don't understand what you're meant to be giving was me. He no, he was not. See, I went to a restaurant with Chow, hello, my girlfriend, in York to a Vietnamese restaurant mm-hmm. and I ordered buncha mm-hmm. which is a soup with pork and noodles mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah, yeah. vegetables yeah. it was just the pork on a bite of vegetables there was no sauce was no liquid. like no like soup and I was like this is a soup and he was like no it's not and he was Vietnamese hmm. and it was, was really it buncha Hanoi or was it a different yeah. buncha yeah it definitely had something after mm. the buncha because anyway. yeah maybe there's like maybe so buncha just, just means barbecued pork Oh, right. And then, Hanoi's a soup. well, no, Hanoi's right. a place. No, I'm but the Hanoi it. interpretation of it is a, it soup. Is a soup. Anyway, yeah. we have to try and digress <laughs> from emerging girl. <laughs> well, that's fine. That's our podcast. I know. Um, but anyway, this was nice. If you've made it this far, thank you for listening. Much appreciated. <laughs> we will be trying to do more episodes next time. We're going to have our friend Morven on yes. the podcast. She's uh, just starting out with a little stamp business. Um, so we're going to ask her she is so we're going to ask her lots of questions about you know her goals plans and her love for stamps which will be very exciting and then maybe after that we'll get Sophie on yeah um, to have a little chit chat 
So yeah. stay tuned for some guest speakers. Yeah. And if there's anyone you would like to be on the podcast, let us know in the comments. There is no comment okay. section. <laughs> Send us a message on Facebook. You can get me at livebarbar1. <laughs> and you can get Jenny at... I don't know what... Jennifer Benson 3. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, there you know. go. Get her on LinkedIn. <laughs> sorted. Have a lovely day. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.